Dear leaders, the Leaders Lounge brought to you by the World Class Training Institute is here for you. Leaders need support too, and this is where you'll find it. This podcast will give you the tools, tips, and strategies to help you lead your teams to success. Also, here you will find a soft place to land when your leadership journey feels overwhelming. We will help you to know that you are not alone in handling some of the challenges that you face. Finally, be sure to access worldclasstraining.net. That's worldclasstraining.net to view all of our leadership programs and make sure that you access our newest book, Unpacking Agape, the Seven Languages of Intentional Leadership at worldclasstraining.net forward slash agape. Now, here's the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Leaders Lounge. I am, of course, Dawn Morris, and this is episode number... 25 episode number 25 so this has been an amazing journey i've loved it enjoyed it i hope you all have as well go back and listen to some of the previous episodes if you're new to the leaders lounge so that you can stay abreast of all of the wonderful tools that we are sharing to help you as leaders be your best professional selves and i always say that when we're thinking about leaders it's not by title it's by behavior because leadership at its core is influence so even if you don't have the title of manager supervisor director chief executive officer chief financial officer vice president any of those titles that connote leader if you are one who influences others and most of us do in some way then you are in fact a leader and you can benefit from the information that we are sharing. In addition to that, please make sure to avail yourselves of Unpacking Agape, the seven languages of intentional leadership that is available at our website, which is worldclasstraining.net forward slash agape. That's worldclasstraining.net forward slash agape. And particularly for those people who are following the Colorado Buffaloes um, under the leadership of coach Dion Sanders. Many people in the country are really taking in what he's doing with that team this season. I speak about that in the book, not with Colorado, but with him, with Jackson State and what he did as a servant leader there. And it's carrying over to what he's doing in Colorado. Really great um, information that I share and, um, I believe that he is demonstrating these principles of agape leadership, which is why he's seeing success. So I urge you to pick up the book, Unpacking Agape, the Seven Languages of Intentional Leadership, so you can take in um, the behaviors that are necessary for those people who want to operate as servant leaders, which is really, if we're operating at the highest level, what we are called to do. So... Um, That's that piece. Now, last week I talked about being clear without being cutty and talked about some of the way that our tone, some of the ways that our tone can come across in a nasty, as I use, um, format when we're communicating and we have to be mindful of our tone as we're talking to others. I said at the end of last week's 
Leaders Lounge, then I would also talk about email communication because as we're writing, that there's another sense of communicating in a way that is can be cutty and can be can come across in what's perceived as a nasty tone. And I, in fact, spoke to a leader just last week, as Divine Order would have it, who said that her team really needs help in email communication because the way that they are writing is not nice. So I am spending some time today. I actually even pulled some information on what some other experts say related to email communication. And I want to share those, some of the ones that I'm going to take out my top five um, because these are ones that I think really help when you're talking about delivering a message that is clear without being cutty in email communication and texting um, because it's become so prevalent now. I think some people are having their texting mindset as they're emailing. So the email is too short because you're just trying to get to a point or it, or it has a tone that is more directive than I'm going to say conversational, because even if you are giving a directive in your email communication, there should be a certain level of, um, a feeling of, of conversation when you are communicating. And I'm going to share with you all how as we go further into this. So again, I'm going to share my top five from some of the information that I pulled and some of the things that I just think are really important as we're communicating in an email format. So today we're talking again specifically about our email communication. And I have said, even when I was in corporate America, that, you know, sometimes people would send an email and I'd read it and the tone of that email is, comes across very, um, I'm just going to use the word nasty, just came across very nasty. And I wouldn't reply to that person. I would wait until I had an opportunity to see them because typically when you see someone that tone changes dramatically in a much more sensitive manner. So um, before I get into how to write it, let me just say that to you. If you receive an email that is nasty or has a tone of nastiness or cuttiness, as I like to say, I'm going to suggest to you that you do not send an email back to that person at least not immediately. If you want to communicate with that person, number one, I always say take 10 seconds, step away from the computer, gather yourself before writing the email. Now, if you're still heated as you're typing the email, do not put their name in the subject line as you are typing, in the to line, I should say. So if it's to, Jane Doe, you know, at att.net, don't put Jane's name up in that two line. Just type the email out 
close it, leave it in your drafts, come back, read it again, and then if the tone is such that it delivers on some of the things that I'm about to say, then go ahead and put the subject line in there and then send it. If you're not able to do that, if the tone is still too harsh, and if you have a close friend, maybe even have a close friend read it, but I always say have that person close to you be outside of the organization because you got to be careful who you call your friends when you are in um, a business setting. You can be friendly, but be careful who you call your friend. Um, so again, if you have someone else read it and they think the tone is still off, do not send that email because once it's out there, it is out there. And it's not like something you can just grab and pull back. Especially if you go past the first five seconds, like in Google, you can probably take it back. I think it's like within five seconds you can click undo. But typically, once it's out there, it's out there. So you have to be very careful about what you're sending in an email format. So that's that part. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about what makes an email that is clear, concise, but not cutty. All righty. My top five. The first thing that I want to say is you want to make sure that you use greetings that are professional. When starting your email, even if someone sends something to you that is cutty, you want to remain professional even when others are not. So what do I mean by professional greetings? Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. I hope that your weekend was went well. I hope all is well with you. Something before you get into the topic that lets the person know that, yes, we may be talking about business, but I understand that you're a person. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I hope all is well with you. I hope that you had a great weekend. I hope that your week is going well. Something to that effect when you are starting your email. If you do not have a personal relationship with the person, err on the side of caution and use Mr. Jones, Mr. Smith, Mrs. Smith, Ms. Smith. What if you don't know if the person is married or not, if they are a female? The MS is fine. Ms. Smith, Ms. Jones, Ms. Williams. Err on the side of caution and go more professional than not. Don't just skip to good morning, Dawn, or good morning, Janet, if you don't have that relationship. Because 
Some people are more sensitive than others to the use of their first name when you have not established that relationship. So again, use a professional greeting. Your professional greeting should come with a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, either the person's first name or their last name with the salutation if you don't have that relationship. I hope all is well with you. Now, suppose you are replying to their email. Even if you are replying to their email and it ha there hasn't been a series of back and forth, you still want to say, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for your response. Thank you so much for the information. You don't want to just blurt out your information without having some type of salutation if it's on the first round. Now, if you've gone back and forth three or four times within, I would say, this, this, a series of a couple of hours, of course, you don't have to continue to say good afternoon, good evening, etc. But you still want to have some semblance of warmth in your communication, which we're going to talk about next. So the first thing is make sure, making sure that you have a pro professional greeting. Second thing, you want to always consider the tone of your email. What do I mean by that? When we're sending capital letters, all caps, when we're adding exclamation points. Now, some people add exclamation points to mean that they are happy. I'm not totally in love with that because to me, it still feels like we're screaming. But in the absence of emojis, which a lot of companies or a lot of uh, spe uh, experts say stay away from emojis, and I tend to agree with that when you're talking about business email, people will insert an exclamation point instead of a smiley face. If you're using an exclamation point to connote joy, everything in the verbiage before the exclamation point needs to be joyous. So, if I'm using an exclamation point, I would say, Good morning, Jocelyn. Wasn't that a great event we attended last week? Exclamation point. Everything in that lets me know, lets the person, should let Jocelyn know that yes, I am happy, I'm alert, elated, and I'm expressing joy. Another thing about considering the tone of our emails. When we are considering the tone of our email, we want to avoid, we want to get straight to the point, but we want to, again, remember that there's a person on the other side. So if we're making a request because someone has done something um, incorrectly and we really want that thing fixed, we still want to consider our tone. So I don't want to jump in and say, perhaps to an IT person, Good morning, Jessica. My computer is still not working correctly. 
yes, she understands that my computer is still not working correctly, but again, the tone of that is a bit abrupt. Or, good morning, Jessica. This still, this thing still isn't fixed. Or, good morning, Jessica. My computer broke. Instead, if we're considering our tone, what we want to say is, good morning, Jessica. I hope you had a great weekend. My computer did not boot up this morning when I pressed the start button. Can you help with that? Fully explaining the situation, starting with, I hope all is well with you. Can you help with that question at the end? Tone, totally different. If it's the case where she worked on it last week and it's still not working. Good morning, Jessica. Thank you so much for your help with my computer this last week. I checked it this morning and although you reset the start button, I was unable to get it to reboot this morning. Are you able to assist with that? Again, and refreshing her on what happened. So, or, and what she fixed, because she may fix a lot of computers. So, we're, our tone, again, shows appreciation. I'm grateful for what she did. However, this is where we are today. Tone. Tone makes the difference. So we have to consider our tone when we are writing. First, professional greeting. Secondly, we want to make sure that we consider our tone. Next thing. Proof read your messages. Now, I'm going to add something to that. Proofread your messages, specifically paying attention to things you should definitely know. So if the person to whom you're writing, they have a different way than perhaps what many people may consider is the norm for how they spell their name, for instance, they have a um, an ampersand, uh, um, what is it called? An accent at the end of their name. They have an accent at the end of their name. And when they write, they put that accent on their name. You need to put that accent on their name when you're writing their name. Don't, don't ignore that. If when they write their name, like my son, he's the second. He is not junior. So when you are writing his name, do not write Brian Cooper Jr. Write Brian Cooper the second. People have asked me, I typically sign my name Dawn Marie Morris now. People ask me, do you go by Dawn Marie or do you go by Dawn? It's a nice thing to know because when you're writing to me, if I go by Dawn Marie as my um, first name, 
or all together, then you should put that in your greeting as you are greeting me. So as you're proofreading, proofread for those things that matter a lot. Like the person's name being spelled correctly. If there's the name of their organization, you want to make sure that you have that spelled correctly or or written out correctly. Uh, don't call the World Class Training Institute World Class Training. That's not the name of it. It's called the World Class Training Institute. So say it correctly or write it correctly. Um, if I'm writing to an organization, if it's a Fayetteville State University, I'm not going to write Fayetteville State College because that's not correct. And just say, oh, well, it's the school, it's in your school. So, you know, no, it's not correct. So as you're proofreading, yes, you want to proofread to ensure that you're grammatically correct um, and your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed, but you also want to make sure that those names are are spelled and written out accurately and correctly. It is very important to the reader. In fact, um, I, I I would venture to guess that people pay more attention to that even than they do to some of the uh, potential grammatical concerns. So, so proofread, but proofread specifically paying attention to names of people, names of organizations, and names of projects, because those are all important to people. They put a lot of time in that and they want those things to be correct. Next one. This one. Isn't necessarily about sensitivity, but I guess in a way it is. Reply all. When do you use reply? just to the person versus reply all. Experts say the reply all button should be used sparingly. If we are saying, thank you, you're welcome, just reply to that person. You do not have to reply to everyone. If the information is pertinent to everyone, include everyone in the email. If not, you do not need to include everybody on the team in the email. Use the reply all button sparingly. Understand that people have a, a lot of email, so they are reading a lot. Nobody likes to look at a lot of different email. And again, if you're just saying, thank you, you're welcome, uh, good job, well done, no need to reply to everybody, just reply to that person with whom you're communicating. So that's just an aside. That necessarily related to the, the tone piece. Now, next thing. Be concise in your email. Why is this something related to tone? Well, particularly when folks get upset. They will write paragraph on top of paragraph on top of paragraph on top of paragraph, how I feel, what I believe, what it should be, da 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 That is not how you write an email. And if you are upset, it's okay to be upset, 
but keep that inside and reserve it for your face-to-face conversation. When you are writing your email, stick to the facts, not your feelings. So it should be clear and concise. If someone has done something to wrong you, personally, and it's just you and your feelings involved in it, um, they've said something or done something that has hurt your feelings, the email should be um, reserved to just schedule a conversation. If they cannot schedule a conversation with you, then think about whether having a conversation with them is necessary and whether or not you need to go to another level to get the conversation. But try as best as you can to refrain from writing things about your feelings in an email. Use email to schedule a meeting. Hi, John, do you have a moment on blah, 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 blah? And if they say, hey, what's up, or something like that, I I just have a few things that I'd like to touch base with you on. I am open to these dates. Please let me know which one works best for you so that you are, again, taking time to have that conversation with them about your feelings outside of the email realm. Now, after you've had the conversation with them, if you if they have wronged you and you and they have agreed on a certain um, modus operandi or mode of operation as a result of your conversation, then let them know that you will be memorializing this on email. And then when you do stick to the steps that you and that person have, have agreed upon for how you are going to operate in the future. Thank you so much for having the conversation with me. As we um, agreed, this is how we will handle our um, conflicts going forward. One, I will come to you with that concern uh, verbally. Two, we will agree together. Three, da, 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 da. However that is, whatever those steps are, memorialize the steps again To the best of your ability, stay away from the feelings. You can say at the end, I appreciate you taking the time to have the conversation with me. I look forward to a a great working relationship in the future, period. So again, staying away from feelings when you are talking about doing your email, making everything clear and concise. Bullet points are great. Try to stay away from numbering one, number one, number two, number three, because it sounds like my tone. First of all, second of all, third of all, if you can bullet point, bullet points are better than numbering. The only time you should go with numbering is if you are doing a list that requires five points. Here are our top five points. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. You can do it like that. But if you are talking about, hey, this is how we're operating or these are the suggestions, 
typically go with bullet points over numbers. All righty. And then last but not least, in my top five for the day is to consider the cultural context of your email messaging. Now, why is this important? Especially in the larger corporations where um, sometimes people like to use humor that is uh, leaning towards one cultural group more than another, you have to be very careful about this. I would say stay as benign as possible in all of your email communication because you never know where this email is going to go and you don't want to be offensive um, and you're not trying to be. And we know a lot of times people aren't trying to be offensive, but, but they can be because they may not be culturally sensitive. So stay as benign as possible so that you do not offend when you are writing your email. All right. So those are the top five for how to ensure that you are communicating in a way where your tone is clear, but not cutty. Clear, but not cutty. So first of all, you want to make sure that you use a professional greeting. And you want to err on the side of being personal. Professional greeting, erring on the side of being personal. Personal, but professional. When I say personal, I'm just simply saying, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Hi, how are you doing? I hope your weekend was well. Not actually, how are you doing? I hope your weekend was went well. Or I hope your week is going great. You want to refrain from using um, emojis, uh, exclamation points sparingly because exclamation points can also come across as if you are yelling. You want to proofread with a lean towards proofreading for the person's name, organization, any of those other um pieces that are going to be really important to the person who's reading it. All righty. Those, those pieces are, are very important. Um, and then you want to be clear, stay away from feelings as we are writing our emails. Emails should be more fact-based than feeling-based. If you have sensitive feelings, first if someone writes an email to you, step away from it. If you need to write an email or you want to talk to somebody because they have offended you, schedule the meeting on email, talk to them in person, and then you can um, memorialize your go-forward steps on email. 
And then finally, consider cultural differences and stay as benign as possible in your email messaging. Those are my top five. I hope that this has helped you all. It's so important to, as a PS to this, understand that your tone is how you're reading it. Their tone is how they're reading it. You and they are not in the same room. So if you have to err on the side of being more sensitive because that person is reading it, be more sensitive in how you're writing. Because even though you may not have meant it in a way that was um, cutty or was seen as nasty, understand that they're seeing it on their end with all of the things that are going on with them as they're reading it. So I say flower it with more words of um, not not unprofessional um, verbiage that is um, too sweet, but with a higher level of professionalism and sensitivity to the fact that the person on the other end is not in the room with you, cannot see you, cannot hear your voice intonation and, um, and, and write with that in mind. Right with that in mind. And the more you get to know the person, I would even say start using their voice as you're writing. Because if you use their voice as you're writing, then you'll be able to know how they may receive it when they open your email. All right? It can be done. And it's so important. It's so important, guys. I know that in this world of getting to the next thing, getting to the next thing, and everything is the beauty of, 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 of quick, fast, and, and get to it, get it done, send a text, we're out, is, is seen as attractive. But there is something special about taking a moment to professionally craft an email message because your brand, your personal brand is attached to that message. And you're not there to show off your suit, show off your dress, show off your look, show off your smile. So let your email be your suit. All right. Again, go to worldclasstraining.net forward slash agape for our new book, Unpacking Agape. Go to worldclasstraining.net to schedule time to have us come and train this or anything else related to helping your teams be their best selves. We have emotional intelligence where your team can get their own emotional intelligence assessments. We have DISC, which is one of the most popular and the best, um, the best assessment in class to help your teams know each other better. Systems thinking to understand that the whole cannot be greater than the sum of its parts. Everybody has to work together. We have the art of conflict resolution. We have time management training. We have um, performance management training. We have uh, communication skills training. All of these tools to help your teams be their best. We are here to provide them for you. And we also can do customized training for you as well. So 
please make sure to reach out to me at worldclasstraining.net or you can email me at dawnmarie at worldclasstraining.net. Until next time, remember that when you're better, we're absolutely better. Be clear, but not cutty in your verbal and email communication. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Leader's Lounge. Remember that the World Class Training Institute exists to help your organization maximize its greatest resource, which is human capital. And the way that we do that is through the delivery of our leadership and professional development training programs. To help your organization be its best, please access our worldclasstraining.net website and schedule time to have a conversation to see how we can help you maximize your greatest asset, which is human capital. And also please feel free to pick up our book, which is Unpacking Agape, the Seven Languages of Intentional Leadership at worldclasstraining.net forward slash agape. That's worldclasstraining.net forward slash agape. And we can also come to your organization for any speaking engagements related to leadership and professional development. So until next time, remember when you're better, We're better. Take care.